0: Welcome along to the Property Academy Podcast. I'm your host, Sam and I'm Andrew Nickel. And so on the show, we're talking about FOMO returning to the market, the seven reasons the property market is about to turn. Now, I just recently read an excellent article by Tony Alexander, one of my favourite economists in New Zealand, and I know one of many of your favourite economists in New Zealand. And I just thought it was so good that I had to talk to you guys about his seven reasons that the market's about to take a turn and in this article, he was previewing his upcoming real estate survey, and I tell you what, by the time this podcast gets released, I know that that survey will likely also be out on his website, TonyAlexander.nz. So you should definitely go check that out. But here are the seven reasons he thinks the market is about to take a turn. The first is that house prices have fallen significantly. Now, the most important part about that is it makes houses more affordable, at least compared to what they were some. 18 months ago. So more people are then able to make a purchase. So if we look at average house prices in New Zealand, they're down about 18% from their peak in November 2021. In our largest cities like Auckland and Wellington, it's been 23% in Auckland, lower huts about 30% down, same with upper hut. I think that Wellington City is about 26% down. So this shift has made houses just more affordable especially relative to incomes compared to what they were back in 2021. And you might think, oh, well, Ed, they're still really expensive. But what you've got to remember is even back when house prices were 23% higher than what they were, people were buying a lot of houses back then. So there were 72% more houses being purchased, being bought in the year to June 2021 compared to today. So even though houses were way more expensive, there were almost 75% more people out there purchasing houses. So some people will say, well, Ed, house prices are more affordable, but is there the capacity for people to go ahead and purchase houses? And the answer is probably yes, because not that long ago, there were 75% more houses being bought per year. So that does show that there is some amount of capacity to borrow there. I know lending rules have changed. We'll talk about that in a minute but there is some amount of capacity to borrow. So I think that affordability question is number one.
1: Second thing is that wages have gone up significantly. So wages are up 17% since the COVID pandemic started. And this rise is going to be far more significant for younger home buyers who change jobs more often because job shifts tend to fetch better pay increases than staying in the same role. Yeah, the big increases
0: in pay happened when you switch jobs, moved to a different employer.
1: And if you think about the fact that, okay, well now prices have come down and my wages are up, the house price income ratio was 25% worse when prices were high and incomes were lower. Yeah, so if we look at the peak of the market, where about 100,000 properties
0: were selling per year, That house price to income ratio was about 25% higher than it was now. If we look at that ratio between house prices and incomes, we are back where we were before the pandemic started. So if we look at January 2020, that house price to income ratio is actually slightly lower, only a little bit, but slightly lower than it was back then. So once people come to the general realization, or the average person in New Zealand comes to the realization that, hey, House prices are low, my wages have gone up, house prices have become particularly more affordable compared to what they were when the property market was going bonkers. The third thing you want to think about is that rise in rents. So one of the major factors that will likely draw property investors back into the market, and my sense is that in the next Tony Alexander real estate agent survey, that we will see investors coming back into the market or just starting to come in there are those rise in rents. So we recently talked on a podcast about how interest.co.nz talked about that the average gross yield is up by about one percent in New Zealand. Now that might not sound like a lot, but it it, it actually is in percentage terms. It's about a twenty five percent increase again in rents versus house prices. So because house prices are down eighteen percent since the top of the market, but the average rent has gone up by about fifty dollars since the peak of the market. So. If I take you back to November 2021, the average rent in New Zealand was $525. Back in January this year, it was $575. So rents are up 10%. House prices are down 18%. So the yields we can get off a property is better than it was back in November, when again, people were purchasing a lot of houses. There is talk of rents increasing further due to things like landlord's costs going up, insurance and maintenance going up not having interest deductibility anymore. And I think the other major thing is net migration, which is currently sitting at about 72,000 for the last year. So our population has increased by over a percent in the last year from immigration alone. And on top of that, we're expecting new immigration data out in only a couple of days. In fact, by the time this podcast gets
1: released, it'll probably have come out yesterday. Number four is that due to escalating construction costs and and more challenges for developers, there's a lot of stories about failing developments. Now, these stories will scare off a lot of the first-time buyers that won't want to tie up their deposit or lose their deposit. And so some buyers will be thinking, I don't want to take that risk, I want to go and buy an existing property rather than something that I've got to wait for 12 months and off the plans. This shift has shown buyers that the listings that are available on realestate.co.nz and TradeMe, the things that are available today, will get snapped up by these first-time buyers. And potentially, that's going to mean that there becomes a bit of a shortage, because all of a sudden, people are now all fighting for the same product.
0: Yeah, the main thing there is that there are only so many listings available on places like TradeMe and realestate.co.nz, and actually... Over the last couple of months, we've seen that number of listings available decrease. So one of the big impacts about whether a first home buyer decides to purchase an existing property or a new build is all about, well, how many properties are there on TradeMe. Now, if I take you back to mid-2021, there were very, very few listings available. And so if you turned up to an open home for an existing property and it gets snapped up by one of the other 20 people. What do you do? You say, that's it, I'm going to go buy a new build instead. So at the moment, first-time buyers primarily going out there buying more existing properties. As we start to see demand get stoked, come back up, we'll likely see those listings start to fall away. And what's that going to do? It's going to create that imbalance between demand and supply. And so I think we'll start to get a little bit more of that FOMO coming. And real estate agents are now reporting we're getting a bit more of that fear of missing out within the market. Factor number five is interest rates peaking. So if we think about the general sentiment of the market, I think the average punter has come to the realisation now that interest rates have probably peaked, and I think that's going to drive more people to come into the market. Now, what's going to be a really important factor or indicator is going to be the next monetary policy announcement. The next time the Reserve Bank shifts the OCR, and at the moment, we're we're about a week and a bit out from that at the time of recording. And most pundits, most economists are picking that we won't have any change at all. I think if we see that, that's probably going to create some confidence in people purchasing properties, then have that feeling that, right, we're at the peak now, we're likely going to see some amount of decrease. And one piece of evidence that I'm looking at that supports that is if we look at another of Tony Alexander's surveys, their mortgage survey. 45% of borrowers prefer the one-year interest rate or less, according to to that specific survey. Just under 45% prefer the two-year rate. So at the moment, there's almost no one fixing for four or five years. Very few people fixing for three years. Most people fixing for one year or less. Now, generally speaking, the one-year rate is always the most popular. But the fact that we're in a high interest rate environment, people are fixing for one year, what does that tell you? The average person thinks that interest rates are likely to come down. If people thought that interest rates were likely to continue going up and would continue to go up for a sustained period, they'd be fixing for a longer period of time to try and lock in a cheaper interest rate. That's not happening. The average punter thinks that interest rates have peaked. And actually, I'm going to steal number six from you as well, Andrew, because it's all about bank lending. We're also seeing that banks have started to loosen their credit criteria Since those triple CFAs, the Credit Contracts and Consumer Finance Act changes have been loosened in about June. So if I again look at what are mortgage brokers saying, I recently saw in that mortgage advisor survey about 40%, a net 40% of mortgage advisors are saying that banks and lenders are more willing to approve mortgages, approve loans compared to a month ago. Now that's for the last five months, we've seen that trend of more and more mortgage advisors saying banks are loosening the purse strings. So not only do we have this expectation that interest rates are at the peak likely to come down, not only do we have rising rents, not only do we have more affordable property prices, we've also now got banks loosening the purse strings. I'm not suggesting we're gonna go back to really ultra low test rates and really loose banking criteria, but it's getting better rather than getting worse. And that's going to help us come to that bottom of the market. And what's factor number seven,
1: Andrew? Despite talk of job losses, most people aren't that worried about not having a job. So there are sectors at the moment which are facing job losses due to resizing. Correct. New Zealand Post, some universities, definitely in the construction industry or tech firms. But overall, people don't tend to be that concerned about not having a job. Is that what you're seeing with the investors you're working with? Well, there was more concern last year. I think the people that we were working with who were concerned about restructures or, or, you know, we'd we'd be doing due diligence on a property and something would come up with a job restructure or there'd be something that had happened in the company that made them worry. Far more of that last year than this year. And Andrew, I saw that there was a pretty interesting quote from Tony in that article. Yeah. He says, overall, virtually every measure in my survey shows that the residential real estate market is turning of some significance is the support which the survey provides to my argument that Auckland will outperform this cycle. And look, I think this is the reason why we at Opus are seeing a lot more of those investors that maybe have sat on the sidelines for the last couple of years, now re-entering the market. Now they're saying, I want to get a deal now. I think that this is the time to start investing. And, And certainly people that are thinking about getting into Auckland, I am of the opinion that you will not buy cheaper then you'll buy in Auckland today. Now, of course, that doesn't mean that every single person in New Zealand should go out there and start purchasing property.
0: The biggest challenge at the moment is interest rates and being able to get the money out of the bank. So not everybody right now is able to get money out of the bank, even though we are seeing mortgage brokers saying, hey, look, it is easier now compared to at least last month. And that trend has been consistent for about the last five-odd months. Similarly, if you can't handle the top-up required, due to today's interest rates, because of course, at today's interest rates, the vast bulk of properties, the rent will not cover all of the costs. I saw an article recently that suggested that something like 90% of property investors purchasing today, the rent will not cover all of the costs. So if you can't handle that, today's probably not the right time to buy. But if you've got the ability to borrow, and you can handle those higher interest rates and the top ups required, then today could be the right time for you. I just want to summarise some other stats for you as well. Over half of agents right now, real estate agents in a recent survey, are seeing more first-home buyers back in the market. And the percentage of real estate agents seeing fewer investors, it's the smallest in nearly two and a half years. So over the last two and a half years, real estate agents have seen investors walking away from the market. They're just not that interested. We have seen the percentage of real estate agents who are saying, Yep, investors are coming back. That has been increasing. On top of that, that fear of overpaying that is falling away. And on top of that, that fear of missing out is starting to come back. People are less worried about falling prices and they are more concerned now or are becoming more concerned about the availability of how many listings are there on TradeMe, on realestate.co.nz. And even though people are still concerned about, the level of interest rates, and the ability to get finance, we're starting to see the tide turning. Now, I'd suggest you go and check out this specific newsletter. It's available for free on todyalexander.nz I subscribe to all of his stuff, read all of his stuff. I think it's very well-reasoned and appreciate, especially the commentary from real estate agents and mortgage advisors that he's able to get from some of his surveys. We'll link that down in the show notes. So tap, we'll swipe over the cover art. It'll be in there. And hey, if you don't have anything on tonight, make sure you come along to our webinar. We're talking about how to spot the difference between a good and a bad investment property. I'll put that link down in the show notes as well, or just go to opuspartners.coz webinar. Thanks for listening to the Property Can Be podcast. I'm your host, Ed McKnight. Yeah, I'm Andrew Nicholl. We're going to be back here tomorrow with even more daily strategies, tactics and insights to help you get the most out of your UCL property market. Until next time.